What is up, everybody? Welcome to Volume 72 of the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for downloading, listening, streaming, whatever you're doing in your car, home, uh, maybe on some headphones. I don't know. However you want to listen to it. But I'm glad you could uh, join us for this episode. Uh, but let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com, where we have merch, we have action items, we have links to some of our videos that we're putting out, that kind of stuff. Also, make sure to check out this episode description on your iTunes player or whatever player you choose to listen to this on for track listings and links to things that we're talking about. So we've had a little uh, a little bump of swell for a little bit um, here in late October, which has been kind of fun. I know I've been going between church and Sano and trying to sneak some in at Doheny, Balsa, that kind of thing. Uh, got a new board for my boy uh, Grant Noble, shaped me. A version of the Wilbur, a Russell Surfboards model that I really love and I'm getting used to. It's a bit different than some of the stuff I usually surf because it's got way more nose concave in it. And uh, as Worm likes to say, it's more of a real longboard versus the really knifey kind of thin stuff that I like to surf. But I like it a lot so far and I'm getting used to it. You know, one of those boards, the big thing is like figuring out the, the subtlety between turning and nose riding and trimming and moving the fin around and kind of figuring that out. And that's been a lot of fun. I definitely suggest you check out Grant's boards if you can. Daydream has a lot of them. A Happy Battle in San Diego has a lot of them. I'm trying to think Thalia does, uh, but Grant's boards are amazing. He's been shaving boards for me for a little bit and I love what he does. Uh, but I hope you guys have been catching some waves. I hope you guys have been having some fun out there. Um, you know, it's a kind of crazy out there, so I don't want to talk about that this episode because I want everyone to have a little distraction for once instead of having me talk about political things and, and stuff like that. We'll kind of take a little break from it uh, just because I know it's a little nuts out there. But let's talk about this episode. On this episode, we sit down with my man, Kai Takayama. Kai's awesome longboarder, surfer, just great guy, fun person to hang out with, and uh, it was a lot of fun hanging out with him and doing this interview. Also, we have some short takes. Uh, this episode, uh, first one is this video put out by LogRap uh, called Egg Salad, which is really, really cool. I'm totally digging it. Uh, the second short take that we have this week is Doho Days featuring Ben Cardoza, a nice little uh, Doheny edit. Uh, the third short take is The Wild Atlantic by Daniel Manson, which is a really cool video uh, about surfing in Ireland, which I've always kind of been obsessed with in the back of my mind. And the last thing I want to talk about is this book that Indoek is trying to get published called On Surfing, which seems really cool. And so I'll talk about that. But this episode, I want to really get right into it. And with these tracks, as you can tell from the start, it's a little different. And the reason it's this different is that Kai, I asked him to put together a bunch of songs to listen to for this uh, episode. And in a sort of way, I was kind of surprised at some of the stuff he threw at me. Like it was really cool, like some Fugazi stuff, some um, Bad Brains, just a big mix of stuff. So I figured I'd just kind of mix the tracks around that. And uh, you'll see some of this is his, some of this is mine. I'm not going to tell you which is which, but his... Uh, picking of tracks really had a big influence on this episode. So uh, sit back, enjoy the tracks, click on the links, and I'll check in with you in a little bit. Peace! You cannot 
Welcome back to Volume 72 of the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Did you like the tracks? Did you like some of that stuff? I get into a lot of that old 80s stuff because I'm a child of that era. I'm 46 years old. I was born in 1974. So most of my uh, schooling on music came from that mid to like mid 80s, I'd say early mid 80s to like early 90s. And a lot of this music that I'm playing fits in that realm. I'm really happy because I know when I was a kid and I would listen to stuff my dad would listen to, a lot of times I'd be like, oh, that's awesome, but it's like really old. Like that was like 30 years ago or 20 years ago. Like who gives a shit about that? And it's a trip to me to think now that I'm 46 years old and I have a 40 year old and she's listening to some of the music that I listened to growing up. And I'm always scared that she's gonna be like, like would think it's old or something, but Surprisingly, she loves Susie and the Banshees and she loves the Smiths and she loves a lot of neuter stuff. Actually, she sings tons of Susie and the Banshee songs lately and that makes me really happy and uh, just shows how timeless a lot of this music is. The same way as Kai picked a lot of this music, which he's basically half, more than half my age and, uh, you know, kind of shows a lot. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com, where we have merch. Um, we're going to have a bunch of new merch coming out soon. Uh, fins and all this other kind of stuff. Shh, little collab joints. Kind of excited about that. Uh, make sure to check out this episode description on your iTunes player for track listings and links to things that we are talking about. So this episode, we got to sit down with Kai in San Clemente. And we just talk about, you know, growing up in the surf scene what he's into, uh, working with his dad, Michael Takayama, on boards that have become very trendy and a lot of people are buying them and getting into them. And uh, I think it's changing longboard surfing a little bit by people getting into those boards. But sit back, relax, listen to the interview, and I'll check in with you in a little bit. So what's your name and where are you from? Yeah, my name is Kaimana Takayama. I'm from San Clemente, California. I'm 22 years old. Born, born and raised here? Yeah, born and raised. Cool. So how did you, I mean, obviously some people know this, but for people that know, when was surfing first in your life? Like how old do you remember that happening? So, I mean, I was kind of born into it, but if I was going to be honest with you, I couldn't really appreciate it until I was about 11 years old. Okay. Um, 
you know, I knew about my Uncle Donald and stuff. I didn't know how, like, important he was, especially, like, to the surfing world yeah. or anything. I just thought he was kind of my uncle that my right. dad surfs with on the weekends, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, just growing up, like, I had different friends. Like, I did karate. I airsofted. And if my friends were into baseball, I guess I was playing baseball uh-huh. until I figured out that I was pretty bad at, you know, ball sports. <laughs> and, I mean, I always skated. Especially uh-huh. before surfing, but yeah, I didn't pick up surfing till I was 11. Oh, so you did skate before you surfed? Yeah, for sure. And who were you skating with? Just uh, friends? Yeah, like, I mean, one of my good buddies that made it, his name's Mateo Real. Uh-huh. He's been in, like, Transworld and Thrasher a couple times okay. and stuff. He's local here, San Clemente, but yeah, other than that, you know, just... So were you guys, like, skating the, the skate park here and that kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, like Ralph's and stuff. And then there's some good street spots around town. No, I mean, it's such a rich, like, kind of history in, like, like skateboarders. Like, people don't realize, like, sometimes that, like, San Clemente is, like, one of those hubs that, like, a lot of people come from here and stuff for skating, yeah, not for just sure. surfing. So you got into surfing later. Um, do you remember the first time you tried surfing? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, there was a time when my dad took and we we used to go to hawaii a lot Uh you know like maybe once a summer or whatever but um i remember like riding the same board as him there but you know he really taught me how to surf at sano okay yeah but when i got into it you know i mean i was doing junior lifeguards and stuff you know what actually really happened with me when Uh i was younger i would surf every single day Uh and you know how when you're smaller you don't have like a lot of body mass you're riding a longboard yeah yeah you take like a little spill and you get dragged underwater yeah, it's, it's well i got dragged and then came on the beach kind of like gasping for air and then my mom freaked me out so it kind of kept me out of the water for a couple of years you so know? you had like one of those incidents that's kind of like shook you up and you're like ah you know what i'll take a little break for from sure this. i actually kind of felt guilty because i maybe when i was around 11 i started like kind of understanding like uh-huh. there's like a little bit of a legacy thing yeah but that weird it's almost like a hate thing you know like oh i gotta do this it kind of turned into something that i loved you know what i mean like i started off at doheny then graduated to sano yeah sort of thing and then i kind of met everybody started doing coalition i mean that's how like a lot of people do that around here right but yeah. i mean i totally get that where it's like it becomes more of a chore rather than something you love right when you're <laughs> like oh fuck i gotta wake up early in the morning and i gotta go do this and i gotta go you know meet up with this person that kind of thing you have to have a passion for it to really like really love it now when you mentioned the coalition stuff what surf club were you in oceanside you were within yeah, in oceanside day one oceanside and uh and so when you started doing that how old how old were you doing a... okay so by that time i would have been either 12 or 13. okay yeah i i'd done a couple of contests i i started off my first coalition event was probably the oceanside longboard club event at uh south side of the pier okay yeah um my cousin guy had a nose rider and a pro open Uh yeah i was like riding in the pink back then and stuff oh my god yeah (laughs) yeah but that was a super cool time you know that's where i really met everybody and it's nice you Uh know I, i really appreciate those days i mean like you know, there's just people that are older than you, not that much older. Like when I was doing the, you know, 18 and unders, I would look up to like the 19 to 29 guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? But still that age difference at that age, even though it's only a couple of years, it's like monumental. It seems so massive. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but it's cool. It really, that's what really helped develop my style. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like if you ask me who I look up to, yeah. I'm not going to give you like your, your cookie cutter 
you know, well, then who do who do you look up to? The OGs, like underground. I've always looked up. I mean, well, first of all, my childhood hero was, you know, Tommy Witt. Right. You know, first and foremost, throw that one out there. But it's like refining it. It's like Mike Stidham. Nowadays, it's David. You uh -huh. know, Jerry Swearingen was the man and is the man. Like, you know, these older people that I just look up. They're not even older, older. You know? No, no, but to you, I mean, like I said, like that age jump, like, you know, let's say someone, if someone says I'm 30 years old and someone's 35, that doesn't seem like a lot. But when you're 12, and someone's 17, that five-year jump seems like they're like tw 25 years old, right? <laughs> yeah. They seem so old, right? You're like, holy shit. Like, I, I mean, I, like, I know that from like, like when I was skateboarding as a kid, like there would be like when we first started, we were like 13, 14 years old and like we were skating with 18-year-old kids and we were like, oh my God, they're like adults. Like we yeah. don't even know what's going on. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you, so when you were doing these coalition contests, is that when you... Did you really see that how big this longboarding world was from that? Oh, 100%. Uh -huh. Yeah, that, that opened my eyes to everything. You know what I mean? And there's there was just something to be had there. Uh -huh. And I was having fun with it. You know, I, I made a, I think I made more friends in the coalition and just surfing than I did in any other like activity, including school. Oh, wow. Know? So yeah. did you, what, what was it? Was it the social side of it or was the competitive side of it more attractive to you? both go straight up hand in hand like huh. i've had some rivalries you know that were like friendly rivalries and huh. everybody's like pushing each other to get better i mean like kevin scrivarna you know yeah. i grew up with him like yeah. i met him out at sano and we were both riding um checkered nose in the pinks <laughs> you know what i mean and, and my dad was riding uh his model t at the time or, or no he had like a red fin that my uncle donald shaped him but kevin's dad he loves model t's mm -hmm. So we're kind of all riding the same stuff. We like exchanged information and stuff. And then we surfed with each other a lot, you know? And then next thing you know, we're both in the Oceanside Longboard Club competing <laughs> with each other, you know? Oh my God. But it's cool. Yeah, you just make good relationships. And I've been friends with Kevin now since I was a kid. Like we grew up together. Yeah. You know, there, there's like a little funny joke that all of our like friends have. It's like chubby Kevin and long-haired Kaimana. Because <laughs> growing up I had like, you know, short, like shoulder length, maybe a little bit past my shoulder sometimes uh -huh. hair, and I was blonde too. Yeah. That's so funny. I mean, it, it's great that you guys have, you know, I've heard so many good things about the Coalition experience, um, especially the Oceanside Club, because so many people were in that one. Um, and most of the people that like I see surfing now together, you know, kind of yeah. thing. So it's like, like you had mentioned him and like David and like all these other people and stuff, which has been like really cool. Now with like competitive surfing, uh, outside of the coalition thing, when's the first time you did a contest that was like outside of that world? And what outside was it? Outside of the coalition world? Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to count school events. No, like, but like, let me think. What is the first competition I did? It would have to be out of this country. Okay. Straight up, unless it was like a Hawaii event, like the Duke's Fest or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Besides that, the first real trip that I took, it would have been Noosa. Okay. Yeah. What, what year was that? Uh, maybe 2015 or 16. So that was the festival, right? Yeah, yeah. it was the festival. Which is a pretty crazy contest because they're just basically running heats like, what, 12 days? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I've seen the call sheets and I'm like, they have basically like every single division and they're running one after another. And it's like <laughs> fucking every age group. And then I'm like, wow, there's like a five-year-old age group? Okay. Whatever. Like there just seemed like there was like five years old to like 90 years old. Totally. And like split up by 10 years. I That's was like, how it is. But it's so cool to watch too. Especially the older guy divisions. Yeah. Like, 
Those guys are legends. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Crazy. Like you to know? see some of them in person, it's like pretty nuts. I know I've I've I was supposed to go last year and then it just like didn't work out. Oh for sure. Um, and then we we're supposed to go this year and obviously that's not gonna work out. Uh, it's not so, gonna go for any of us. <laughs> no, no. Now you've competed in the WSL events, correct? Yeah, I have. So how did that start? So, I mean, years back, there was like this one Huntington contest, and yeah. I just missed it. You uh -huh. know, I didn't really hear about it. They only got 26 people. It filled up, and I think Kevin and Veed qualified from that. Yeah, event. yeah, they did. But that, yeah. that was when there was like that weird little single fin switch. Yeah. Single fin. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I think they went to, oh no, they would have went to China and Taiwan and Papua New Guinea. Yeah. Something like that. But um, yeah, then like that just got me thinking about the WSL. You know yeah. what I mean? I had done like the Dukes Fest with yeah. a WSL event in Hawaii, but I never really thought about it. I think the WSL stuff was just recent, uh -huh. you know, like past couple of years that I really yeah, thought well, it's about also, it. It's also changed a lot. I think the, be, between the their, the criteria and like who they're invite, you know, who they're kind of promoting, not necessarily inviting, but they're like, they're reaching out to all you guys and girls, right? They're kind of, they made more of a conscious effort, like in the last two years that they're yeah. like, hey, look, like we want you guys to come, like, you know, kind of thing. Totally. Um, so it's like definitely changed. And uh, you did the one that was the last event that was in Noosa like almost a year ago. The WSL one? Yeah. Yeah, I did. You did yeah. that one, yeah. Which was kind of like, that was going to be the start of the like the new year and like- it was Until so, all the virus and stuff happened. And yeah. Until all the virus, yeah. <laughs> we have this thing called a pandemic right now. I totally. mean, that's what we're in like masks and sitting outside with like wind chill. Yeah. Um, but um, you've also done like uh, some of Joel's events, right? Oh yeah. I mean, those are my favorite ones. I mean, you know, I'm thinking about events wise. I've been thinking yeah. about duct tapes yeah. for a lot of longer yeah. time, you know. Because you did what? You did the New York one. You did. Oh, let's see. My first duct tape was in Zarauts in Spain. Oh, you did that Spain one. Yeah. I heard so, that one was so fun. It was so rad. This is actually a super cool story. So um, I, I go out there. Well, basically, I open up Instagram, right? Yeah. And there's like this sheet, like duct tape invitees. And I'm thinking like, oh, let's see who's in this one. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I read down the lines, blah, blah, blah. My name was the last name on that serious? Joel post. And I'm like, double taking it. Like, what? Spain? I'm in a duct tape? Hold up. I, t I message Joel, right? Yeah, like Nolan, the, the Vans, whatever yeah. guy. He'll, he'll get out, he'll, he'll reach out to you through email. So I'm stoked. I yeah. bust out a surfboard with my dad like as fast as I possibly could. Uh -huh. I tried to copy my magic model, but that never works yeah. out. <laughs> never. So anyways, I go out to Spain and I just had such a good time. Well, actually, it was, it's Basque Country. Yeah. Yeah, Zorals. You guys fucking, like, the what a location they picked. But I think what you said about how you found out was that way, they don't do it, well, they haven't done it for the last two that way, but that was the way most people would find out. Like, they'd be like, hey, you were tagged in a post that you, like, got picked to go to the duct tape, and people would be like, what? And then they'd see it, they're like, <laughs> no one contacted me, they just did this? Okay. And For then, like, sure. three days later, like, they're like, you're getting on a flight now. And you're like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I told those guys, like, dude, you invite me, like, don't even ask if I could make it, I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. first trip was so sick. So anyways, contest is all over, whatever. I made semis. I think I got out with Justin. That was the one that Andy won. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was really cool to see someone like him win a contest, win a duct tape. Like I was really excited. Oh, I was so stoked for him. Yeah. You know, like I grew up with him too, but he was one of the older guys that yeah. I looked up to. You the know guy that's I mean? like a couple years older. That seems yeah. like As a matter of fact, my first, this is going off subject yeah, a little yeah, bit, but 
my first contest was a 60s contest uh-huh. in it was at like the river mouth the Doheny and like I look at that um, you know podium today yeah it was like I got like third or fourth or something but it was like Andy Neblis uh, Dylan Cox, Kyle Perez, me, and like somebody else, but like Jesus. they're pretty. Like those guys were pretty relevant then, and they're still pretty. Relevant no, no. Today. I mean, well, that's the thing that's beautiful. I think about you know the, the single fin longboarding, whatever, you, whatever tag you want to put on it. You know, it's so hard to define it as a, like a term, but like in terms of like the people in it, the the men and women, like they're they're relative relevant for like twenty years, thirty years sometimes. You know, you look at someone like Joel. Like Joel's been. He won that Noosa contest, the last one, and he's my age. He's 44, 45, and it's like he's been relevant since he's been 17. (laughs) So, like, 30 years he's still competing at such a high level and progressing, right? And that, I think, what's so gorgeous about, like, I think that's what's so attractive, was attractive to me about when I first got into it was I was like, wow, this is something that, like, I could do into, like, my 70s and still, like, be learning every day, like, still going out. And that's why going back to, like, seeing the old guys, like, you're seeing these people that are still, they're still progressing on their own level, right? Yeah. And, and staying relevant. Now, with, with the competitive size, obviously, you've done all the different kinds of contests. Duct tapes, coalitions, WSLs. Which ones are your favorite and why? Oh, duct tapes. Duct tape. For sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, you can't even put a stamp on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, it's an honor to, you know, be one of the 16 that get invited. I mean, go look at Sano and see how many people are out there on single fins. You know what I yeah. mean? And you get picked, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, you know, like, the, the locations that they take us to also, I mean, I think that's pretty amazing. Like, I wouldn't have ever gone to, like, half the places I've gone to. Yeah, they're really good about picking, like, they're not picking, like, a typical, right? They're not being, like, okay... Yes, they've done um, Saladita, right? And they've done a couple of these spots, right? But, yeah. like, for instance, like, where you guys went to in Spain, Rockaway. Like, they do a lot of these random spots. Like, to, And mm-hmm. I think that's, for me, the beauty of that, and, and it's a testament to Vans as a company and Joel, is they're really trying to go to places and be like, okay, where can we help out a local surf community and bring some attention to it, right? Yeah. They did that in Japan when they went to... Did you go to Japan? Oh, yeah. I got. I think I got second in Japan, but that was one of my favorite ones. That yeah, and, so like, cool. that one's, like, some... Sm- like, correct me if I'm wrong, it's some small surfing community, right? Yeah. Like, like tiny town. Uh-huh. We, we, I don't think we were even in Chiba. We were at Kuginuma. Yeah. Um, but it was just such a cool place, though. Like, you could see Mount Fuji over here on Yeah, the side, I saw pictures know? from here, and I was like, oh. That uh. was the one that, like, Joel was actually trying to, like conned them into sending me to like cover it they were like hey give him a ticket and stuff like that i was like joe they're not they're not gonna fucking buy me a ticket like calm down (laughs) but i was so jealous i was like oh my god it looks like so amazing i heard the waves suck but at duct tapes waves usually do suck um yeah i mean i don't know because we i always feel like we score you get Um, at least one day that's good like it might have looked kind of goofy on some of the day or like first day whatever in, in japan if you watch those clips in small but I still thought it was a really fun wave, but there's still like other little bits and pieces too that you got to put in there. Like we might be surfing Huntington, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But I'm thinking like, holy shit, I'm at the U.S. Open. <laughs> no, no, no. That's really cool. Yeah, that's the, the flip side of it. They do give you guys the shittiest time to go. They're like, oh, it's windblown. Hey, duct tape run. And you're like, great. But it is cool that you're in front of all those people yeah, and you get visibility. And I think... I think that's great that the WSL does partner with him on that that kind of stuff, that they're kind of like, hey, we're going to do this. I mean, they know it feeds their ecosystem. 
Um, outside of the competitive surfing thing, now your dad makes boards right now that are well sought off, sought after. When did you start riding his boards? So I was riding my uncle Donald's boards forever, and then my dad made one of his old buddies like a single fin, and then. You know, I, I was still writing Donald stuff. I was going between like in the pinks and model T's. I ended it off on like double enders and stuff. Um, oh man, let me think. Yeah, I don't think I started writing his boards fully until I was about 17. Okay. Maybe 18, to be honest. Uh-huh. Uh, he made this board called the platypus model. Uh-huh. It's totally irrelevant today, but... It was like a Model T-ish nose okay. with this weird foiled out thumb tail. Not wide, it was like pulled in kind huh. of, but it nose rode so good and it turned insane. It was really heavy, but um, I just kind of fell in love with that board. Yeah. It was I was super into it and then he made David like a weird little um, scorpion-like pintail single fin, but it wasn't a scorpion, it had more hip. Uh, like a mid-length or like... Yeah, and then, oh, you know what actually happened was, so Tommy Witt was riding the Con Ugly model. Yeah. You remember that little stint? Yeah, yeah. That super parallel rockered out heavy yeah, yeah. 60s board? So he was riding that thing and he was just lifting. Like at that point in my life, I, I mean, I don't think anybody ever seen somebody lift like that. Yeah, yeah. On a, on a longboard. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's true. <laughs> so Veed asked my dad, can you make me something like this? And then my dad goes, yeah, I'll make you something like that, but it'll turn. And then that's actually how we made the Annihilator model. So that's where that comes if from. If you go oh. back to the template, the Annihilator model, if you read it, it says Veed Ugly. You know, <laughs> he's not trying to copy the Ugly because the Ugly is like pretty parallel. Yeah, yeah. And the Annihilator is like a lot of curve. Yeah, yeah. Dude. And, you know, me and Veed traded off on that board at this Malibu contest. I mean, it was like the MSA. I don't know what year it was, though, but we both did really well. And kind of from there, I was like... Huh, maybe I want to ride <laughs> Maybe you want to ride that board, yeah. yeah. So I kind of just took it from there, pretty much. So, and then what year was that? Uh, oh man, what MSA was that? That was like six or seven years. No, that would have been six years ago. Oh, wow. So that long maybe, ago. No, maybe like, yeah, five or six years ago. It was pretty long ago. Maybe I wasn't 18. I might have been like 16, 17. And then that's when your dad kind of got into like, hey, I'm going to be doing production boards, that kind of thing. Or yeah, I mean, still he still, he doesn't do production. I mean, we only do customs. You know, if you go on my, in, inside our, our factory, like we only got two glass racks, one room to mix color. We could use that rack to glass yeah. if we really want to. Uh, a room for you know like a sanding room a room for polishing and yeah. a shaping room but realistically we only got two glass racks so you know, like we don't do stock boards uh, we only do customs so like if any of you out there DM me asking if we have any stock boards for sale or used no we don't and <laughs> we never will you know what i mean yeah i know when yeah. i've gone in there like i had like most of the boards are like spoken for like i remember when i interviewed david i went there and I was, he's like no this one's sold that one's sold i'm like oh okay all right yeah um but that's great though that you're getting boards from someone who's doing something really interesting because all of a sudden there's been this big craze to ride those boards and you guys have like a pretty decent sized team yeah uh, sure. Now, a lot of people riding them out in uh, Hawaii. How did that, like, how did that, I mean, I'm guessing, but you could just say, how did that start that you, you started developing kind of like a, a team or a squad out there? So that's kind of another good one, too. Um, 
You know, there was a point in my life where, like, I just really wanted to get connected, like, to my roots in Waikiki. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I just got really into, like, my Uncle Donald and stuff and, like, yeah. his story. Yeah. So I went out there and all I had was in the pink and, like, this Kai Salas model from mm-hmm. my uncle, you know, this pintail, and I was high-proing and stuff. And then my dad came out that same summer and he shipped out some single fins. So I'd surf these events, like the Dukes Fest, for instance. I'd high pro from round one to the semis, uh-huh. and then I would lose the final hanging 10 on a single fin. <laughs> like, there was a Dukes Fest one year where, like, I literally rode an in the pink in every single heat, and then right at the final, like, I asked Kevin if I could use, like, his 9-8, 3-inch thick, like, Laker color Model T. Oh, Jesus. And I was just hanging 10, and I got flat last. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's kind of, a, like, a, of a momentum change. You know what I mean? And then uh, everybody started riding, you know, single fins. I mean, especially after Noosa this one year, like Connie came out to Noosa and then he was riding my stuff. Uh, So we made him an Annihilator back then. And kind of from there, like slowly started like a little bit. Yeah, because you have like, so it's like, like out on that, on the South Shore, it's basically like him, what, Haley? Oh, no, no. Uh, Haley and and Connie, they they ride for Kai Salas now, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if Haley does, but over there for us, like, at the moment, it's um, it's like Tiki Willis, Sophia Colhane. That's James Colhane's sister. She's yeah. got second in Noosa. She's good. Um, but yeah, James is here right now too in California. Oh, okay. So we just made him aboard, and he's getting a cool little mid length right now. Let me think. There's this kid named Ethan Speltz. He's pretty underground, but he's he's a real super good, talented surfer. Uh, you know, Hono rides our stuff. Yeah. Honolulu won her world title. Yeah, on recently. that like green one, right? Yeah. yeah. Who am I missing? Kira Seal. Yeah, Kira on the North Shore. Yeah, and then, oh man. I Which, just, for Kira, you just make pink boards, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I totally do. I love her. She's the best. She, like, when I'm when I'm out there, like, I wind up, like, hanging out with her a bit. So she's always, like, she, she's like, I got a new pink one. <laughs> she's yeah. always, like, really excited. She's super into the hot pink. Yeah. But, man, who am I missing? I'm going to feel so bad if, I, if I'm missing Well, obviously, anybody. like, David. Like out. Oh, but, oh, but Veed's here though. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. I'm talking about Hawaii. And then yeah. like, but there's like a Maui crew. Like I think Mao Ahi just got one. Yeah, you know, you know Mao Ahi. No. Oh, he's like built like a WWE wrestler. He's awesome, but he totally rips. Uh, he's like. Is that like the... a Maui thing? Because like Johnny Pitzer is the same way. Like Johnny Pitzer is like this big ass <laughs> dude, and like with fucking hang ten, like no tomorrow. I think like, Mao's this much bigger. <laughs> and I'm like, how, how the fuck do you guys do yeah. that at that size? Yeah, like, I mean, I love all those guys, you know, Eric Casco and stuff, but. Yeah, Mao's like one of the best longboarders out at, um, you know, Honolulu Bay in the winter. Yeah. And we just made him this big 10-foot annihilator, and it's really cool because he just had a son, uh-huh. Manaya, uh-huh. and he's taking him out. Oh, that's know? awesome. Yeah, so that's kind of my favorite thing to look at when I go on Instagram, but... <laughs> no, 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 that's really cool. Now, speaking of Instagram, so, like, I was talking to Ryan, like, you pretty much manage the whole, like, social and all that side of your dad's business, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've gotten kind of, not, I'm not, not going to lie, I've gotten kind of, like, sloppy with it. Um, I mean, we're so new, and I'm going through all these steps. Like, we used to take all of our orders uh-huh. through the DM, uh-huh. and that just gets so, No, that's messy, like, dude. That's, like, messy. I mean, I pulled it off, Yeah. but now I'm going all through emails, uh-huh. you know? So is it kind of in a way like you're a de facto team manager in a way? In a sense, I mean, basically what I'll do, 
like I'll rough shape and stuff in the mornings. Uh. I don't really want to touch glassing right now because uh. I've had some perfect boards get messed up by bad glassing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? No, that's an art all in and of itself. Like, no, yeah. thank you. I think glassers need more credit. Yeah. But um, yeah, besides like rough shaping, I'm doing all the orders, uh. you know, talking to people. Uh, if there's any interesting like deals that come up, I'll talk to my dad about it, you know. And then, oh man, I do all the shipping. Oh, that's Jesus. a headache in itself. Well, see, that's what I was going <laughs> to ask you because your board, those boards are basically being ordered from all over the world. So it's not even like, like you guys aren't necessarily even like just fulfilling orders local here where people are coming. So you have to fucking pack all those boards. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And I really pack them too. Yeah. And well, I try to keep it all like modest too and stuff pricing wise. Is that going to be a bother? No, <laughs> I mean, car? I'll leave it in. I mean, it's someone's alarm going off. Don't it's worry. Fine. They're done anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, basically just all that stuff uh packing is interesting i just figured that one out like yesterday dude i'm always <laughs> impressed with people who can do that like like i'm i have a board that's sitting at the bonzer cafe in Eva that i'm trying to get them to pack to send here because i'm not going there this season and i'm like and they're just like oh it's a headache and i'm like fuck aloha freight baby yeah. oh no <laughs> i mean the they know how to do it it's just the kind of it's just been this like pain in the ass like back and forth with uh with duncan and those guys i just yeah. i just want my board back um <laughs> now the the boards are very unique they have a very unique look a lot of people order them and stuff like that most of the people who surf them yourself david you guys have a very unique style of surfing in the sense of that you guys put equal weight on nose riding and turning yeah like you got especially you like you have a very dynamic nose ride style and a very dynamic turn style like you do those end turns that are just like fucking rip right that's like like the way i look at it it's like almost like someone doing like a uh, a sugar cane on like a mini ramp like For i like, sure. it's like you turn it that much like i'm like oh my god and like whip it back um yeah. who has influenced your like that that whole turning thing for you like where does that come from for you you just have to like I, I try to not be too cookie cutter i like being a little bit unorthodox and for any of that stuff you just kind of have to check out tommy witt uh-huh um you know i mean I'm, I'm not the first one to do a layback on a single thing no no but i'm just I mean? i'm always curious like where do like you know like is that from like watching tommy is that from someone else telling you is that something that's just inherently like part of like when you see the lip you're like i want to do that like you know so i'm always interested when i see like like people like you turn so dynamically like where that comes from yeah you know i, I just always wanted to be like a big mix of everybody who i looked up to you know yeah. what i mean that unorthodox like super loose little whip thing and stuff yeah. like go watch tommy yeah you know he's amazing with it but I mean, putting three names together right now, I mean, of course I look up to like Joel and stuff too, but like I wanted to nose ride as deep in the pocket as like Brendan White does. Yeah. I wanted to zing turns and, you know, I was doing side slips until I was yeah. 15. You know, I just wanted to be like Tommy so bad. And like, I wanted to throw my arms down and surf real 50-50 like Mike Stedham, right. you know? And then now today there's all these new people coming along that I look up to and it's always like, changing you know yeah and i think it's probably improving you know the more people that i look up to right? no for sure i mean uh, the more influences you have the better there's never like too too little influence the one thing i do notice is most of the people who do turn so dynamically and so aggressively and this is something as of late that's come up or actually have a skateboarding background yeah so sure. you look at yourself you look at cj chris hall any of these other people who turn that dynamically on a longboard 90% of the time they they're skaters and I think that's where some of it comes is that mental muscle memory like 
your body just like it sees the top of that it wants to do that right it's from like like hitting a curb hitting a mini ramp hitting a ledge like your body just has this in it right it's like the mm -hmm. back foot's gonna go this way the front foot's gonna go this way i'm gonna twist my weight totally. i just noticed it recently like because the people who don't have a skate background they don't tend to turn that dynamically because i don't think their brains are wired that way maybe <laughs> so like you guys like your brains are wired like subconsciously you don't even i think you don't even realize it like your brains are already wired to be like okay i see the top of something so your brain's saying do this totally. versus someone else is like go parallel yeah because they don't know what that feeling is like your brain knows it. it's something that came up when i did that little question thing like the other day where it was like okay turning or nose riding and uh, yeah. i started having conversations with people and i, was I like, wrote both yeah both <laughs> yeah exactly which is important and i think that's something that's a big amazing quality of like your surfing because i think a lot of people get caught right you get a lot of people who just want to be technical nose riders and they get into that hole and then there's yeah. people who just like want to turn and then there's like i think that that's what's beautiful about the new if you want to call it the new generation a new era of longboarding like yourself like kevin like david like you guys are basically taking it all and putting it into one package right you're kind of doing that complete package you could nose ride deep in a pocket hang 10 totally be perched and that kind of thing but you could just as easily take three steps back and like whip a turn totally. right like which is great um who are some of the younger kids that you see out there both guys and girls that you think are like you've seen them surf and you're like that aren't known and you're like wow that's someone really special Ooh, that aren't known that are kind of like like you know not huge like yeah so i mean james colhane's one of them uh -huh. you know what i mean he's got some slick style and he's just improving a big one for me right now is like chase leader okay yeah from new york okay that kid have you seen him he's no he's got an annihilator I might be a little bit biased, <laughs> but I, I try to get these good kids bored. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, hey, Dad, check this kid out, you know? Um, I mean, the Hawaii ones, you know all of them. They're yeah. pretty covered. You know, there's a couple other ones, too. Yeah, I mean, that I mean, scene that now has developed over the last, like, four or five years is out, out on the South Shore. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Waikiki Grom Squad, man. Because awesome. it wasn't, like, when I started going there, like, maybe, like, seven, eight years ago, that wasn't really there. Like, not yeah, that maybe not. Not that there much. There was probably a surf squad, but it wasn't like a notorious single fin gang. No, no, it know? wasn't. Like I remember going there with like a brother's marshal board and like 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 a single fin longboard. And, people and you're were, like, like one of the only three or four yeah, people. Yeah, people out were like, there "What the fuck are you fin? doing there?" And I was like, "Dude, this is what I surf. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are surfing. This shit is weird." Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> now, music's also like a big part of your life. Um, what What do you like? Like, what's your whole thing? trip with music is it just about like do you play it is it listening to it like yeah everything you know i i have a good musical ear i think uh my dad was in a band or he's in multiple bands growing up oh cool so i always grew up with like a dad that sings i have like an older brother who plays guitar uh -huh. half brother uh but he's my brother whatever um but i just always grew up with this family you know like they'd always jam in the, in the backyard and stuff and then like i was probably listening to like rage against the machine and like red hot chili peppers uh -huh. when i was very like, california two. yeah yeah you know but i i straight up listen to everything you know people think my favorite like you know genre or whatever is like rap and stuff it's absolutely not uh -huh. you know i listen to like punk more than anything uh -huh. You know, I really dig 80s. I grew up with reggae. I, literally everything. Like, I'll listen to death metal and be content. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Listen, I mean, it's, you got to have an open mind. I feel the same way. I mean, we're all like, 
a lot of people too that think they're like myself included like i'm like oh i have such an open mind about music and i listen to all this stuff there's some shit that you're just kind of like look i'm i can't hang with that like i can't, I can't hang with country yeah only some country though i could hang you know what i could hang with like when it comes to country i could hang with like really old old country because for me i feel that it's this it's basically it's like white people hip-hop and what i mean by that <laughs> is if you listen to old country songs like um like old johnny cash songs the stuff he's singing about is basically like mad gangster for that era yeah no see but that's cool i love that stuff but if you're talking about like drinking beers and driving a tractor it's yeah like throw well that, you can't relate to it really like, like i guess i can't but actually that, that's a little bit of a bias though because like if somebody turns on like the song yeah specifically like a white person yeah. like hawaiian pakalolo by jaybug yeah that's like hawaiian country in a way like jawaiian in, in a yeah, sense yeah, yeah you that's know? true and like i know a couple of my friends that just aren't hawaiians and they hate that music yeah. you know <laughs> so maybe there's like that too yeah i mean you have to have some relatable quality to it for sure you know you have to kind of like like the music does have to speak to you on a certain level. Like I can't like, like when you're talking about the country thing, like I think of like, you know, I don't know, like any of this modern country. And I'm like, and I sometimes like I'll be somewhere like either a restaurant or someplace and they're playing it. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this shit is. Like, I'm like <laughs> I don't know how the fuck you listen to this. This is the, or so we have a cleaning lady that's super into Christian, like modern country. And she's playing this stuff. Yeah, and that's I'm, gnarly. And she's playing it when she's cleaning our house sometimes. And I'm like, what the fuck is this like who <laughs> makes this music who listens to this shit but then on the inverse like you know i listen to like some fucking shoegaze stuff that people would listen to and they're like what is this garbage you exactly. know I, I mean i think it's like really personal um i wanted to touch upon um just you being a uh, you know i consider you a professional surfer you're obviously like competing and that kind of stuff and one of the big aspects of that is really like creating a brand for yourself mm -hmm. And part of that is social media and, you know, controlling that image and doing it. How important do you think that is to your surfing, like besides the surfing? Like how important is the whole outside of surfing part of your thing versus the in the water part? Um, that's actually not such a big deal to me. Okay. You know, like I'm not going to put on an alter ego to get a couple of followers because I don't really give a shit about followers. No, no, it's, <laughs> I, no, it's not necessarily about yeah. creating an alter ego. What I'm saying is that, like, you know... Well, some people do, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. Uh. There's no fucking doubt about that. But I, I'm saying more of the sense of, like, you know... 15 years ago, if you surfed, you surfed, right? You kind of didn't worry about sure. these things. You didn't worry about getting photographed. You didn't worry about getting filmed. Like, like why I'm bringing this up is because you've done a lot of projects with Ryan from Lawgraph, right? Yeah. So, like, that's what I mean. Like, you've kind of, like, you've definitely you and david especially with him have a relationship and you guys work on projects a lot mm -hmm. and i think like how important is that for, because i want you know people who are trying to come up in surfing i'm wondering like hearing it from you like how much effort do you put into that and like the social media side the of social it? media video like you know that kind of thing because that's a that's a whole tool now that you guys and girls all have to like master in a way yeah yeah no i mean you're totally right and i fully agree I, you know i do put a lot of effort into it now that i think about it um but i mean at the end of the day like i'm just me if you want to yeah. like be into me or my surfing whatever i think that's sick if you don't like it and you think my laybacks are whack that's cool don't follow me no 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 <laughs> I, no, no not, not about it. i guess I'm, I'm not phrasing it right so like, like for instance like how much work do you put into being like hey ryan i'm I'm going here. 
come and meet me, shoot me, that kind of thing. Like, oh yeah. So like, because I think that's important for like people who want to get known, you know, like they sometimes think like, oh, I'm just going to get discovered. And it's like, you could see like what you and David yeah. and some other people are doing is, is, is helping highlight your talent in a very positive way and showing it very real. And I think because you guys like work at it. Like, I don't yeah. think you, I don't think this shit happens by chance. Like you guys are definitely like in contact with Ryan, you know, communicate like all this kind of stuff. Yeah, no, 100%. You're totally right. Uh, that just comes down like to the, you know, Herbie Fletcher phrase. I don't know exactly how it went, but it's like, if you want to get noticed, like stop being a bitch and complaining about it. Like go make shit happen. You know, that's what a I good, mean? that's a see that's a good motto to follow. Like I'm not going to sit. Well, here's another thing, you know, people complain about like Joel, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. He does. Why didn't he invite my kid or her this, yeah. kid, you know, it's like, well, did your kid just work with a photographer to drop like five edits last month? Probably not. You know, yeah. like you got, it's, it's, it's a matter of work, you know, um, you know, getting yourself out there is pretty interesting yeah. too, you know, like once you start, I, I mean, no, there's more to it than social media though. No, like, that's what I mean. It's a big machine. You it's know, now that you make, you actually make me think about this though. Like you have to travel, you have to do. Okay. These so traveling, events. that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Um, and it's taxing like on you. It's super fun. Yeah. But like, I mean, if you want to get noticed, you have to put yourself out there. You know what I mean? I, I equate it to, this is why I'm kind of bringing this up. So the generation of skateboarding, I grew up in New York City in the late 80s, early 90s. Skateboard industry is in California. It's mm -hmm. not New York. It's not on the East Coast. They don't give a shit about us, right? Yeah. The people who actually became successful out of that scene weren't necessarily even the best skaters. It was the skaters who went out and filmed every day on their own. They kept on sending videotapes out to California. They kept, like, they did the work, right? They were yeah. doing all this work. They were like, like, I remember me and my friends, like, we would map out our summers. We'd be like, you're going to LA, you're going to San Francisco, you're going to Costa Mesa for two months, and then we're gonna meet up somewhere, and we're gonna make sure they see all of us kind of thing. So th yeah. that's sort of what you're saying is now happening in surfing with all the technology tools and everything, where it's like, you're traveling, right? So you're making sure people see you. So you go to like, you go to Hawaii, you go to Noosa, you yeah. go to Mexico, right? There's people that see you there, Europe now, all that kind of stuff. And then you're putting in the work in social media to be like, okay, let me make sure this feed is up to date enough that it's showing what I'm doing. And then the other part of it is like working on these video projects, right? So like with Ryan, like, you know, you've did like logger up the movie, you know, you've done yeah. all this stuff. I just think it's, it's something that I think to your point, you know, when like, oh, my, why did my kid not get in a duct tape? It's because you're not doing this shit. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, do you 100%. expect Joel to just be like randomly show up in Virginia Beach and be like, oh, shit, that kid rips. It's like, dude, it doesn't work like that. Like, yeah. it's a different world now. In a sense, it almost kind of does. Yeah. But if that kid's not outworking the kid that, you know, is in, like, like these Hawaii kids, I swear. Like, the Waikiki Grom Squad has it set. They all got like four or five photographers. Hey, I'm gonna be at Queens this afternoon. You know, let's yeah. go down and shoot. Everybody's there. You know what I mean? I mean, there is an amount of work that you have to put in. No, and you guys do there. do it. And it's like, look, I surf with you guys like all the time. And I see there's people that are surfing at San O now that don't do it. They're probably some of the best surfers, but they're not doing any of this fucking work. Totally. And then they're like, they're like living out of their van. It's like, well, this is why you're living out of your van. Like, because yeah. you didn't like fucking. Instead of playing a game on your fucking phone, why don't you upload a photo? Exactly. Like that's all you gotta do. It's not that hard. Yeah, I, I think it's over. Uh, it's 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 an overthought process. It's really not that hard. Like it takes work. Like you have to get content. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, that's why guys like Ryan are so cool. Yeah. I think log rap is the best thing ever. Yeah. You know, because like growing up filming with like Birdman and stuff, I was always putting hip hop in my, you know, longboarding videos. Then I get this, well, not notification, but log rap popped up on my Explorer page and yeah. he was like doing rap re-edits yeah. at the time of like other people. I was like, oh, who's this guy? And then he re-edited one of my uh, super old videos one day. And I was like, hey, thanks for the re-edit, man. <laughs> Who are you? Oh, I'm from New York. I'm coming out to California next month. Let's go film Sando. I did not know who to expect, but like <laughs> Ryan was there, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you don't match the picture I had in my head. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I mean, he's the man. He's so legit, you know? Yeah. Like, he's kind of responsible for... A lot of people blowing up right now he is he is yeah. i mean that's the thing and so you know you mentioned the word the c word the content word like you guys aren't just surfers anymore you're also content producers yeah you know you have to be like i think and that's something that people like a lot of times they want to shun but it's like dude this is the world yeah. this is how it works now like how you know i don't think people should shy away from it and you can be authentic like yourself like I don't think there's nothing non-authentic about David. Look, when David said that fucking weed comment on live fucking feed, he fucking uses that shit all the time. He's like, yeah, that's me. I said that. I own it. Like, it's funny. Like, who cares? And exactly. that's his personality, right? Totally. And, and that's why you're going to fall in love with him, like, as a viewer, right? Like, and I think that's something people forget is, like, you don't have to be this fake image. You know, you can. And that's the beauty, I think, of social media. Like, there's two sides of it, right? There's a side of it that, like, you and I could create fake images of ourselves and maintain that, right, for the rest of our lives. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Totally. Uh, or you could just be like, I am who the fuck I am, but just publish it. Be like, this is who I am. This is what I serve. This is what I do. You don't, like you said, you don't like my laybacks, fine, but this is what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, th I think it's interesting, your your age group and your, your whole generation, that it's now this kind of thing. For sure. Um, so, I'm going to... Uh, end on a couple of questions um yeah. the first one is if you could pick any place in the world to surf at where would it be and why it could be some place you've been to before or it could be some place that you haven't been to i've been thinking about some place newer uh -huh. um well actually i've never been to scorpion bay before in my oh, life oh i heard it. that shit yeah. is sick i think that would be a sick one i've been thinking about new zealand a lot i kind of really did south island like the lefts out there pretty cool and yeah. then like there's some good kickboxing gyms that I want yeah. to go to and train at. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would really like to hit up Scorpion Bay eventually. I mean, Honolulu Bay, too. I haven't been out there yet. Okay. That's kind of the one, actually. Point um, breaks clean. As for places I've already been to, like, I don't think anything beats a pumping noosa. You yeah. know what that's I mean? a dream wave, right? That's yeah. like that's that's the wave I think that's like kind of like especially for long borders is like a regular footers and goofy footers. They like it too, going backside. Yeah. But I think it's kind of the best one. I mean, you're kind of hooked once you catch a wave from like up at Boiling Pot all the way through to you know first point. As long as someone <laughs> like, drops in on you, it was crazy. Although it doesn't seem as crazy as Malibu. Like I've heard, it's like they're like ah, it's like it's not that nuts. Like people are a little smarter out here. Yeah, Malibu's just like a shit show. Malibu's a total shit show. <laughs> um, if in closing, if you had a thank or want to shout out anybody, who would it be? Oh my gosh, I mean, I know that my dad knows that I'm grateful for him and stuff. Uh, I mean, pretty much anybody who supports me, like. You know, Jonesy's making my wetsuits and stuff. Oh, cool. Like, how do you pronounce it? Sayukos? Kayukos hot sauce? Yeah, Kayukos hot yeah, sauce. Yeah, that's the best stuff in the world. Uppercut. Lars. Yeah, Lars is the man. Uh, uppercut gives me hair 
pomade <laughs> sticky bumps and always stuff. good always good um oh my gosh if i miss anybody i'm gonna cry but oh yeah you know i mean i got a good couple of sponsors you uh-huh. know jai lee's hooking me up i'm oh, flowing cool. ruka and stuff but uh yeah i mean really what it comes down to is like the guy that i'd probably thank the most is like log rap uh-huh. you know like ryan is like the man yeah literally like he puts it out there like ryan deserves the biggest thank you i think and uh you know a couple like the photographers like tommy Pirkey, the one in waikiki uh-huh. he like you know he, he got my one cover shot for pacific Longboard. which is Order. sick, sick yeah shot. i like working with him a do lot. you have that like do you have that like blown up like in your bedroom actually i have a metal printing in, in the factory <laughs> but I, I i have one that i gave to my grandma <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's kind of <laughs> sick like i remember when i saw that photo i was like oof that's like that's like a photo you could be like yeah i don't have to ever surf again <laughs> like sure. i could be like i'm done totally. like you're, like when you have kids they're like what did you, what did daddy do look at the fucking picture that's what i did okay <laughs> that's what sure. i did do I, I don't have to even show you anything see that picture that's what it, that's what daddy does okay sure. yeah i mean the biggest thank you is like the photographers and stuff you know what i mean and, and joel for just inviting me to his duct tapes <laughs> um right? any and uh, any closing words for uh, the people out there looking up to you Oh man, just, you know, there is opportunity in this longboarding world. Just go out there and make shit happen. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks for sitting down. No worries. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much to Kai for sitting down with us. You know, I got to know Kai a little bit better, I think, during the duct tape in New York. Uh, I've obviously hung out with him a bunch of times, surfed with him and stuff like that. And He always has a smile on his face. He's always in a good mood. He's very progressive in how he's surfing. I love the fact of how he mixes up really uh, tight uh, nose riding with really insane turns. I think that's what turns me on about surfing in general, especially with longboarding, is when you kind of have like both ends of the spectrum, the, the bookends, if you will, and then you fill in the spaces in between. And he does an amazing job of that. I also thought it was really interesting, again, the tracks that he picked and fact that this is most of the music I grew up listening to so it's kind of a trip when you have like (laughs) kids half your age being like oh I'm into this Uh, but to that effect uh, let's get back into the tracks and then we'll get into some short takes peace
make sure I keep thinking World War III. I got a mile of numbers and a ton of stats. My forehead's a billion shots of forehead. I don't even worry about crime anymore. So many goddamn scared faces. I keep thinking of Russia.
Welcome back to Volume 72 of the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Hope you guys are having fun listening to the tracks. I also want to mention something that I forgot to do in the beginning of the show, and I don't feel like going back and recording it, but we are now members of the U Online Network. That's YEWonline.com, and they host our podcast. They host Chris Cote's podcast. Uh, they have uh, the... Tales from the Cobblestone podcast, which is really cool. I was on an episode. That was a lot of fun. But make sure you check out their other podcasts. Uh, we're in the middle of building a big network, and we're looking for other podcasts and stuff like that, so make sure to contact them. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast, volume 72. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com, where we have merch. We have a bunch of other stuff. Links to some episodes of Jetty Blues 100s, all that kind of stuff. Also, make sure to check out this episode description for track listings and things that we're talking about. This episode on our short takes, we want to start off with this video that our homie Ryan from Lograp put together called Egg Salad. And I love this video because I've seen a lot of this footage and it's like Joel and Devin and a bunch of other people surfing eggs. I know a big joke started that Joel started calling them uh, dad boards, which is really funny uh, because I think they are. We're all dads. I'm a dad. He's a dad. You know, we surf these kind of boards. But you really get to see how you can have a lot of fun and get critical on these mid lengths. I mean, mid lengths for me, why they turn me on so much is they're basically the direct progression of long boards to short boards. You know, it wasn't like long boards went from like 9.6 and 10.0 and then jumped down to like 5.11. You, you know, they went into that eight foot, seven foot range. I find mid lengths in that kind of six ten to seven six range the most fun and most interesting. And, and uh, there's a lot of stuff you could do on it. But I love this clip uh, mostly because it's Joel surfing in New York, and I love seeing him surfing in New York. He has this kind of energy when he's there. He loves being there, and you can really see it in the surfing. So check out the link. The second short take is. A video put out by Sam Schaefer called Doho Days that's uh, sponsored by Nobody Surf. Uh, primarily featuring Ben Cardoza, but we got a Michaela uh, cameo in there. I just love these little clips from Doheny because I've mostly been surfing there a lot recently. It's just convenient. It's right down the street for me. It's just easy. Sometimes when I know that it's on the bigger side and there's going to be a huge line at Sano, I just like duck down here and get more surf again than driving an extra 10-15 minutes and waiting in line for 45 minutes kind of thing. Uh, but Ben Cardoza rips. I love the work that Sam Schaefer is doing. Check out the clip and I uh, hope you dig it. The last video I'm going to talk about is called The Wild Atlantic by Daniel Manson. And the whole reason I stumbled upon this clip is the other day I was in the water and he was filming JJ and I got to see him and I looked him up and I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I love his photography, but I want to see his film work. And this is a video that he shot with a friend of his uh, surfing in Ireland on 8mm. And I've always been fascinated by surfing outside of like, let's say, California, uh, Hawaii, Australia. Those for me are kind of those like kind of pinnacle places, if you will. And then all these other rando places, like especially all over Europe, I've always been fascinated with. I know one of the first surf videos I ever saw I saw a bunch of surfing in Ireland. I was like, yo, that's like insane. Like, I can't believe, believe people do it. But this video is just like a really beautiful vignette. Artistically, I love the style. I love the voiceover. I love the music. I love seeing clips like this because it's a nice break from the surfer porn that we're used to. We're so inundated with all the surfer porn. 
you know, where it's basically technical surfing and it's like in your face. And sometimes you forget the beauty of surfing is really about this whole experience. What it's like to go in the water, where you are, uh, what the landscape looks like, the smell of the air, the taste of the air, the ocean, the whole thing. And I think Daniel captures that really well in this clip. I suggest you follow him on Instagram. We have a link to his Instagram account. And also check out this clip and follow him on Vimeo and check out his work. The last short take I want to talk about is this book that in India, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Indoek is putting out called On Surfing. And it's basically gonna be interviews with a lot of people that I have a lot of respect for. So like Cassia, Devin, Ashton, There's, the list goes on and on. And it's really about like what surfing means to them and what surfing can mean to us. And they have a Kickstarter account that they're trying to get this book published. They published the Surf Shacks book, I think one and two, they have two volumes out. Really great book. They've always been really good about capturing the personality of surfing. So. I think if you can support uh, this kind of print media from being published, it's really important. With Surfer Magazine dying and all that, people are saying like, oh, surf uh, print or print in general is dead. It's not dead, it's just changed. You know, we're not buying magazines, but we should be buying books. We should be buying these, these pieces that we have at home and we look back and we get inspiration from. And this on surfing book seems like it's gonna be that. So. They're raising money. They're pretty close to their goal. Once they get their goal, they'll publish the book. They also have links to some of the interviews and it's fun to listen to them and see everybody's different perspective and what surfing means to them. So please check out the link, uh, check out the video and donate and you'll get a book and it'll be kind of cool. So, but that's it for this episode, volume 72. Thanks for joining us. I know I made it a little quick. I wanted to, I'll mention a couple of things. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel where we have uh, episodes of Jetty Blue 100s. We put out our second episode with Dave Arganda. The next episode is going to be Will Allen, and that's a really fun episode, and more to come. I think in total there's eight episodes. This originally was going to be a full-length surf film, as you know. Premiere was scheduled for April of this past year, and obviously COVID put a little monkey wrench into it, so we've decided to shift gears, so make sure to pay attention to that. Also, keep an eye out for some holiday releases. And the first one I'm gonna give a heads up for, and some people know this from following our Instagram stories, is that we have a fin in the works with Hydro uh, File, and they're basically producing these two fin sizes, and we're gonna do a pre-order on them. I think we're gonna be selling some out of Daydream, but honestly, we're gonna do first run of pre-orders uh, for a reduced uh, discount price. These are all hand-shaped, hand-custom-foiled, beautiful fins, gorgeous. Uh, Worm and I ride them. Uh, Trent rides their fins, uh, so definitely check out that. Also, stay tuned for a video coming out of one of our newest team members, crew members, whatever you want to call it. Uh, some people know who it is, so keep an eye out for that. But that's about it. The world's kind of crazy. We're all trying to just, you know, do our thing. But I think the world's in a better place and it's going in the right direction. And the only thing I will say is that voter turnout around the country was amazing to see and amazing to see in California. And if I played any little part of that, great. If I didn't, who knows? But just know that it's every vote counts. Every vote should be counted and that together our voices will be heard and we could unify this country if we want to and I think we're headed in that direction. 
But enough of that. I'm going to end this with our famous phrase. There's no need to bust a craze on a wave. Go out there, have fun, smile at each other. If you can, share waves. Some people are really cool about it. I am really cool about it as long as you're about 10 feet away from me in the front. I'm good. Uh, but that's about it. I'll check you out next time and hope you have a good time. Peace. I've invited you here to discuss something that's very important. King Ghidorah, take me to your leader. Quick to claim that he not no snake like me neither. They need to take a breather. He been rhyming longer than Sigmund the Sea Creature. Been on Saturday feature. Pleased to meet ya And came to wake you up out the deep sleeper Like he needed to stop before he caught the knee drop Even give you more sick, sick than ZZ top More fool bears thou shalt not more corner Keep you like one more steps in y'all's corners So call rich front if you wanna When he spit electrics don't be in y'all's saunas he only here to warn us what the plan is The hour is up on us, it's bananas Born alone, die alone, no matter who your man is Hope he live long enough to tell it to his grandkids King Pedro, three finger ring fever Spring chicken eater, ID'd as a ringleader Who needs a heater, catch him with bare hands These same hands that make razors out bare cans His own biggest fan And got a fan base as big as Japan Yeah, and all hail the king Give him three cheers, fam. Like hit hit parade. Do his thing for the little kings like sling blade. To the grave, put in work like a slave. Or how to flip scripts on the dipstick brigade. Rock him like Su Su Studio play. Back when we used to rock the shag, no fade. This still trade like a tailor made sway. Make the studio, and I'm paid. Half up front. Half a poor mastering Would you like that in cash? Last thing you should ask the king You don't have to be no crystal ball reader Allergic to Saul Peter Used to be a war beater In the game like a Wall Street cheater A lot of rap noise is annoying like Cedar Turn into a triple X monster from a fairy tale movie He don't know me very well, do he? King Deidre crushed on the scene's teacher They need to pay him better, she had nothing on the reefer Heifer, and I had to offer her a stick of gum She was as thick as they come and taught a strict curriculum Which is only good for my son When I'm in the hood, razors on tongue Nowadays it's amazing raising young Rule number one, keep your phasers on stun Swallow your feet or try and rumble In the street they lie and mumble Catch them in the street they're as humble as Brian Gumble crying fumble Don't let them get the call Keep a stack of diss rhymes One size fits all Tries to avoid the pitfalls Or else get hit in the eye with an old dry spitball 
You must be crazy out your mind Even on the days you feel lazy, he shout rhymes No chains, no bracelets, get outshine When he come blazing, people say it's about time The old guard with the old gold gold card When he's on the road, there's no holes barred, no lard In the record game on some Bogart So many naked games, he might blow his whole ward You learn something new every day Go ahead and burn, it ain't nothing to do anyway Some sell tracks out the Chevrolet like lemonade And go gold in the hood so we could get ghetto paid Now that's using the old cranium Like the jewelry cat who sold them fake plaque uranium Guaranteed to turn next green like the Hulk Have a manufactured by machine in bulk Then rock and roll like stop drop And if they got sold, then welcome to the sock hop Hip, bebop, at your block, mom and pop shop Timing when it comes to rhyming is chop chop Keep it lit, till the last stroke of the pen And you don't quit, like you quit smoking again They said he keep his lyrics poked in a tin And his secret recipe, soak it in some gin Brings the heat like a radiator Stays on beat with the mask like a gladiator Sword is the mic cord And he came to turn it out Like a dyke broad out the psych ward I recollect when he first took the sector He used the connector dot styles as a mic checker Told him get the deposit Drum. I won't listen. Audio gives to your eardrum. Listen. 
together How we were staying together This is a crazy endeavor Time to be making that money No, I can't behave like a dummy Who's gonna pay for the huggies? Keep them away from the druggies These rap dudes keep calling But I'm peacing out Cause my son's hands are reaching out Ain't too much to speak about I don't care what speakers out in a feature Man, I'm raising and feeding a kid That won't even sleep in his crib And you want me to What? Come on, <laughs> Every day I'm in a fight for my soul Could it be that my medicine's the evidence for pigs to stop and frisk me when they rolling around on patrol And ask why you're here I just tell them cause it is what it is I live here and that what it is He chime, you got a dime I say, man, I'm trying to smoke and chill Please don't lock me up in front of my kid And in front of my wife Man, I ain't got a gun and a knife You do this and you ruin my life And I apologize if it seems like I got out of line, sir Cause I respect the badge and the gun And I pray today ain't the day that you drag me away Right in front of my beautiful son And he still put my hands in cuff Put me in the truck when my woman screen said shut up Witness with the camera phone on, saw the copper pull a gun and put it on my gorgeous queen. As I peered out the window, I could see my other kid folk and hear my little boys scream. As he ran toward the copper victim, now that hurt his mama, cause he had a face down on the ground. And I'd be much too weak to ever speak what I've seen, but my life changed with that sound. That I live a man I don't control Cause every day I'm in a fight for my soul All hands below High seas in a rickety boat Small O's so the kid might cope You want cash or hope No class, matter of fact, get both Go without, get turned to ghosts You know that's the law Deal done by the shake of claws It ain't a game or the shit don't pause When I find you odd So convinced in the truth of y'all That the true truth's truly gone And yes, there's a day Anytime a man say there's not Then you know that he lost the plot What can I say? Truth's truth, one denied or not Like a true who's ride the cot Fair enough the way that the beat bump do sound tough I made it in the dark like civil war surgery Woke up in the same air you hop early By 12 o'clock the whole earth felt dirty Street lamps stare when you walk, watch the birdie The watch you walk to the store there recording Didn't record cop when he shot, no warning Heard it go pop, might have been two blocks Heard a kid plus pop, watch cop make girl bleed Go to home, go to sleep, up again early 